1: the 93 WIBC mashup. The best moments of the day on 93 WIBC. Tony Katz on the 93 WIBC mashup.
2: It's good to know we're no longer talking about science and we're talking about a cult. How else does one describe the National Health Service in the UK which uh, for all our, our British friends who might be listening uh, across the pond if you trust these people they will kill you because this is not medicine this is not science this is insane there's a letter according to the Daily Mail that was leaked from the medical director of University Hospital Sussex The NHS Foundation Trust. That states that both human milk are ideal food for infants. And you're like, sorry, I don't know what you mean. Both human milk? Drug-induced milk from transgender women who were born male is as good for babies as a mother's breast milk. Medicine cannot be trusted because these doctors are freaks these people who teach doctors are freaks they are a danger to you they're a danger to your children not because i want it and not because i'm fear-mongering because if you think there is some alternative to what nature creates that is equivalent you're nutty Now, I didn't say that there aren't women out there who utilize formula because there are a series of reasons why they don't breastfeed all sorts of reasons, and I don't actually get into the judgment of them. I am saying that if you're going to claim that the drug-induced milk or the milk from transgender women who were born males is, is the same thing as breast milk. Well, you're a liar because men don't have breast milk. Because they're men and they don't have breasts. This, See that? Not a biologist. Not, didn't have to take any special classes. I just know these things. I knew there was a difference between men and women the very first time I opened Playboy magazine. No, wait. I knew before that, but I really did enjoy the first time I opened Playboy magazine. All of this nonsense As a way of trying to get people to accept or believe that men can be women, men can never be women. And any doctor says otherwise is a doctor that cannot be trusted. Can't be trusted. You're insane if you go to that doctor. You're out of your damn head. And we have medical schools that aren't interested in medicine. They're interested in informing these soon-to-be doctors that they are practicing on stolen indigenous land. Guess what? It's all stolen indigenous land. It was stolen by a different group of people every couple of years for a couple of thousand years. There is no land on planet Earth that is actually indigenous. You're going to find me, the plot, the area? It belonged to these people originally. Okay, now what do you want to do? Well, recognize it. I don't want doctors to recognize it. Now while they're practicing medicine, maybe in their spare time they can recognize it. I want them treating the cancer. Why don't you want them treating the cancer? Do you think the recognition of the land is more important? You're out of your head. You're, you're insane. The cancer needs to be treated. The thing in front of them needs to be treated. If you're setting the broken leg, no patient wants to know, well, you know, this was indigenous land. So as we set this, we should really say some apologies. Fix the broken leg. That's your purpose. Yet we live in the insanity of of thinking that these other things are are important, and they're not, and we live in this insanity of thinking these other things are real. Men do not deliver breast milk. women do, and may I say you're doing a great job with it, ladies? Woo! That is some fine work. This is just more erasing of women and you have these institutions that we're supposed to trust telling us this. Who would trust the National Health Service? That's why I started the way I started. Brits, these people are going to get you killed. You have no shot of getting medical care if this is what they actually believe. Certifiable is what it is dangerous is what it is and before we allow this to continue in the United States all medical schools including ones in Indiana, hi you know who I'm talking about do not go down this road let's start setting a standard that we focus on medicine and not insanity It is more important that the doctor treat the issue, the disease, than uses the proper pronoun. And if you think proper pronouns matter more, you're going to get patients killed, doctor. I will have that debate with anyone at any med school anywhere. If you think the pronoun is more important than the disease you're treating, you're going to get patients killed. I didn't say be rude. I said that there is a ranking and a hierarchy, and some things are more important. I also did say that men are not women, and women are not men, and men do not breastfeed and never will, because those are facts. And anybody who says otherwise, that person shouldn't
1: be allowed to practice medicine.
2: They're crazy
1: your Tony Katz live. Weekdays 6 to 9 and noon to 3 on 93 WIVC.
0: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
1: It's Kendall and Casey on the 93 WIBC Mashup.
3: you have been in your house for how many years now two years two years now yeah. so you are not even near the average oh the average I'm below now, average you are below average <laughs> when it comes to that <laughs> I am too actually the typical homeowner spends 11.5 years wow. in their home that's, today. Wild. that's
4: a that's a homeowner homeowner not a renter not a renter homeowner. not
3: apartment yeah. not uh, Airbnb anything like that if you buy a house they say that the typical homeowner spends 11 and and a half years there. And that is longer than what it used to be. It really? used to be about six and a half years. Interesting. But the time spent in the same house is increasing. And as you can imagine, why? Why would you want to sure. move when, you know, mortgage rates are so yeah. high right now? Uh, but there's a new report out that is saying that Because baby boomers, specifically baby boomers, are refusing to downsize and move out of their house, that is one of the things that is driving up property shortage. Well,
4: and I'm sure, um, now look, you no doubt, because you're very wealthy, had an army of movers who helped you pack and unpack all of your belongings.
3: Yes, they were 20 years old, (laughs) my daughter and her boyfriend, that army. But but
4: was there, is there any worse feeling than knowing you got to move stuff? Uh, Is there any worse feeling?
3: um, Well, it's a good opportunity to purge things or get rid of stuff that you haven't used in a while.
4: It is. I was a person, though, that I live, I used to move, you know, as most young people do, around quite a bit, even though I basically lived in a (laughs) basically like a three square mile radius my whole life. Um, And I it was no problem like oh we got to move this washer we got to move this mattress it's Mm -hmm. you get a buddy you do it boom you knock it out in a you know few
3: hours for the cost of some beer now and and
4: it it was fine now i dread like i think i think i might die if i have to move another washer again Mm -hmm. or one of those large i'm 40 now casey i'm not 25 anymore right and i do worry about the ramifications of my physical health plus i didn't have much stuff my wife She's got all sorts of crap.
3: She brought in stuff, and when you have that baby, uh, that's going to just get more and more things in there.
4: Here's the thing about my house, though, Casey. Yeah. And I look again, I know you live in a very, I mean, a literal sky rise. So this is probably not true for you. But <laughs> I have nothing of value in my house. Mm. I look around and I go, I have nothing if someone were to break in here that would even be worth the risk of them coming in to steal. Yeah. I own nothing of value. It's a really amazing thing.
3: So what do you think it is about baby boomers staying in their house? And, you know, this report is saying, well, that's why there's a shortage. They should be downsizing. Because I did that. I'm not a baby boomer, but I've already done the downsizing. Yeah. gone from a you know a three thousand square foot house into fifteen hundred square foot house. I
4: think it's probably because they they have so much stuff.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they don't. They want. They don't want to do it.
4: You. And it comes back to the thought of okay. If I'm going to move, mm-hmm. think of the effort that would be in. And by the way, have you priced moving lately like to hire a company? Yes, it is. Oh, actually, you probably have. done. Yes, that. I have
3: done that. <laughs> and I will tell you that it is actually cheaper to get a U-Haul. And even if you have to make multiple trips, yeah. it is cheaper than having some someone come in and box up all your stuff and move you in a semi.
4: that's the thing. It's like, if I had to move tomorrow, because again, I have nothing of value, and most of the stuff I have is stuff that I could just disregard, I think I could get it in, like, a small, very small truck of mm-hmm. my actual personal possessions, mm-hmm. But I look at other people and it's like, oh my gosh, you see these houses. Here's what's interesting. the uh, Remember we had that little issue with the school corporation where they quietly bought those houses on my street yeah. and then just didn't divulge to, to anyone that they were going to do that. And they had we going to tear them down and there was going to be a roundabout built there. Well, thankfully that has not happened. The new superintendent who I'm sure I'm putting the kiss of death on his name is Shane Hacker. Seems like a lovely guy. He's 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 been much more shall we say, receptive to the public at large and some of the concerns of the public. And we had met and talked about that. And they have found a way to kind of repurpose those homes the school has for the time being. And I said, let's just kick this down the road a couple of years and then we can fight with each other in two years. And he said, ah, oh, sounds like a great idea. Mm-hmm. So they're not tearing them down. But they were in these houses getting, because the people were allowed to live there until they said, hey, we need these homes. And so they, I guess, the people just left their stuff there when they moved out because they have a, literally a giant dumpster like uh, one of the like big dumpsters and it was just full of crap like when i drive by the thing Mm -hmm. like there's i can see it appears to be like chairs or tables or something sticking out of there (laughs) and it was like oh my gosh this would have taken these people forever Mm -hmm. forever to move all this up and i think they're probably of the baby boomer generation that was living in there. Yeah,
3: people who just don't want to take the effort to do it, I tell you, I can do it in 48 hours. I should actually put myself out there for hire. I can get rid of your stuff very quickly. I'm an expert at it. Wasn't (laughs) your
4: deal that the only thing that took you a long time to move was those motorcycles? Yes. And you had to keep driving back and forth? Back
3: and forth. Uh, Well, because I hired U-Ship to do it, and the first people didn't show up, so then I had to go back, and then they finally got here. Uh, My mom recently downsized. I would say she's definitely on the upper end of the baby boomer spectrum and when she downsized she decided that she was gonna you know you get married at least when people used to get married they'd register for china and Mm -hmm. get all this nice dishware and then you use it Mm -hmm. maybe once a year when she downsized she decided those were going to be her everyday dishes yeah and that's one of those things why don't people do that more often you have this stuff use it use it yeah yeah
4: yeah and um You talk about baby boomers and the need to to downsize, et cetera. One of the things I think that is at play, here's a great example. So the lady I bought My house from, Mm -hmm. because everybody knows I live literally right next to my dad. It's the house I grew up in. And she had been our neighbor, his neighbor, whatever, for something like 25, 26 years. She'd been there quite a long time. Her first husband had passed away. She had since remarried. And they decided, hey, we want to live somewhere warm there of the baby boomer era. Probably, I would guess, late 60s, early 70s. Yeah. And they bought or built a house in Florida. This house took forever for them to build. They tried to time up selling the house to me when they were going to build the other house, but because of some environmental thing, they found turtle eggs or something on the property, and then that becomes a whole. Yeah. By the way, this is the way they described it to me, and I have no reason to doubt this. This is how crazy the environmental stuff is. These eggs, Uh I I think they were turtle eggs. I could be wrong. I don't exactly remember, but there's some sort of protected species in Florida. Yeah. And... If they find them on your property, you have to have insurance. It's like it's thousands of dollars to move these eggs. You're like, you can't just pick them up and be like, moving the eggs. Well,
3: right. If you ever see them on a beach, they like rope off the yes. area.
4: And apparently there is insurance that you can buy when you are building a home mm-hmm. to cover specifically that. They thankfully bought this insurance.
3: Just in case they discover turtle eggs. So it
4: was covered. But it yeah. took months uh-huh. to move these, these eggs. And it took them probably, I think, close to a year. Because they were back... They were back uh, almost a year to the day they sold us the house, and the house was still not completed. Wow. And so – You look at, uh, and this, uh, my point on this is that may be part of why, because construction is taking so Mm -hmm, long now, mm -hmm. and you mentioned the interest rates, and if you're a baby boomer, and you're somewhat comfortable in your home, and you're able to take care of yourself, why would you go to all that hassle and cost, etc., for less house?
3: Another thing I wanted to bring to your attention is that uh, they're calling it the silver tsunami, which is a record number of Americans turning 65 this year. Uh, The Wall Street Journal report that there will be 4.1 million Americans who turn 65 this year.
4: Well, this is part of the problem we've discussed, Casey. W- you all, our audience will f- remember the famous uh, encounter at the Stacks Pancake House mm-hmm. where Todd Young moved very aggressively towards me with the armed sheriff's deputy behind him. And I believe it was before he had he had did that. He had told me he was never stopping the entitlement benefits and this is the problem. You have so many more people getting into living. I don't mean people living longer is a problem. It's good. We're very happy that people are living longer, healthier lives. But financially, mm-hmm. something has to be done because you have more and more people that are living longer, which means fewer and fewer workers for every person that is getting the benefit, whether it's, whether it's Medicare or Social Security. That's not being heart heartless. It's saying, I can do math. And it's saying we're running out of money because you have fewer and fewer people to work to pay for the things that more and more people are getting.
3: So the Wall Street Journal said that people, they're wealthier, they're healthier, and they're expected to live another 20 years. And many of these 65 year olds, which used to, you know, define a retirement milestone, right? right? That uh, many of these baby boomers are not retiring because they feel healthy. They're not tired and they enjoy their jobs. So they're continuing to work. So it's doing many things. It's affecting the housing market and it's affecting the job market as well. I mean, so, Hey, we're, we're happy that people are with us and they feel good, uh, but it is also affecting the younger generation. Stop taking our jobs, you old (laughs) people. No, (laughs) No, they can do what they want. I guess it's never been easier to find alternative ways to make money than right now with the Internet. So I guess it is on these Gen Z's to figure out their own way, make it happen.
1: Catch Kendall and Casey live. We taste nine to noon on 93 WIBC.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: Tony Katz on the 93 WIBC (laughs) Matchup.
5: These are the challenges I'm here to tackle. But instead of focusing on how to make America stronger tomorrow, some people wanna know if I'm gonna cave today. We've all heard the calls for me to drop out. We all know where they're coming from. The political elite, the party bosses, the cheerleaders in the commentator world. The argument is familiar. They say I haven't won a state that my path to victory is slim. They point to the primary polls and say I'm only delaying the inevitable. Why keep fighting when the battle was apparently over after Iowa? Look, I get it. In politics, the herd mentality is enormously strong. A lot of Republican politicians have surrendered to it. The pressure on them was way too much. They didn't want to be left out of the club. Of course, many of the same politicians who now publicly embrace Trump privately dread him. They know what a disaster he's been and will continue to be for our party. They're just too afraid to say it out loud. Well, I'm not afraid to say the hard truths out loud. I feel no need to kiss the ring. I have no fear of Trump's retribution. I'm not I'm not looking for anything from him. My own political future is of zero concern. So I hear what the political class says, But I hear from the American people, too. I've heard from a retired Army medic
2: who looked evil. That is Nikki Haley giving this state of the race speech. And I'm not dropping out. And I'm not going to drop out. And oh, by the way, I'm not dropping out. Now, how do you overcome a 30 point deficit in South Carolina, Nikki Haley? This is the question. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What's going on, Boo Bear? 833 got Tony. 833-468-8669. I don't argue that this is a, a, a bad... um. Uh, a philosophy she's got here this is smart this is the thing that that's ahead of you you can vote for Trump and make it impossible to win a general election or you can throw aside the conventional wisdom vote for me and we will handily defeat Joe Biden Two problems with that. We'll take the last one first. It won't be Joe Biden. That's why she says there's going to be a woman in the White House. It'll either be me or it'll be Kamala Harris. That's why she uses that line. Her other problem is she can't get past South Carolina. There is not a mathematics that exists based on the polling that would get you there. The real clear politics average has her ahead, has Trump ahead of Nikki Haley by 25 points. And that does not include the Citadel post, uh, poll, C-I-T-A-D-E-L, Citadel, that has Trump up by 30. 30. As a bunch of other polls have. Only some recent polls has him up by 22. Let's make the argument that the spread right now is 25. That's the spread. Trump is ahead of Haley by 25. I ask you, is Nikki Haley going to outperform the polls by 16? That would mean she loses by nine, but would so overperform that she could make an argument for staying in the race. Do you listen to the level of fantasy occurring in that conversation? I've said it. I meant it. Trump is going to be very difficult to get across the finish line for a general. He isn't beloved by the country. DeSantis would have been easier. That's my take. But here we are. Here we are, Boo Bear. Here we are. How do you get past South Carolina? She's trying to do it by making the argument of, look... You can make a decision now or you can make a decision later. But if you make a good decision now, you'll have an easier decision later. That going to fall on anybody's ear and make them change their mind?
5: I'm used to people questioning my intentions. So I'll make a few things clear. Some people used to say I was running because I really wanted to be vice president. <laughs> I think I've pretty well settled that question. <laughs> People say I'm trying to set up a future presidential run. How does that even work? <laughs> if I was running for a bogus reason, I would have dropped out a long time ago. The rest of the fellas already did that. They had their own plans. I don't judge them. But I'm still here. here
2: She's got to stop with this fellow's talk. It doesn't. It doesn't work. And and you might be asking me why? Why are we even listening to her? She has no shot. I want to hear how she's trying to market it to the country. How is she trying to sell the the impossible?
5: It won't
2: be on Saturday. It's like watching somebody try and sell me Amway. I want to figure out how they're going to get me to take forty pallets of toilet paper every two weeks. We've never had so many Americans mired in pessimism
5: and division. We still have a chance to restore their faith. I will fight as long as that chance exists. Now I know what Donald Trump is saying. He wants an election with no opponent. But that's not what the voters are saying. Despite being a de facto incumbent. Donald Trump lost 49% of the vote in Iowa. In New Hampshire, Trump lost 46% of the vote.
2: But that means he won 51 and he won 54 and he's ahead by 25. This is a very tough argument. Yes, it's important to hear it. People are going to dismiss it. It's because the brain is small. Open it up. Does Trump not want an opponent? Of course Trump doesn't want an opponent. Trump wants fealty. Trump wants sycophants. Trump wants to be adored. Nothing else. This is who he is. Okay. As long as I get lower taxes out of the thing and a better economy, I'm cool. As long as no one is trying to force uh, men into into women's bathrooms, I'm cool. I get some things out of this. Fine by me. But I am fully aware of who Trump is. Trump absolutely doesn't want an opponent. That's who he is. So her argument it falls flat.
1: Here, Tony Katz, live, weekday 6 to 9 and noon to 3 on 93 WIPC. Hammer and Nigel on the 93 WIPC mashup. Crime, punishment, judges,
6: legal stuff. Make no mistake, Attorney General Letitia James, they in New York. Along with the judge in this Trump fraud trial, used the courts as a way to punish Donald Trump for running for president. They are trying to bankrupt him through a bunch of bull crap that nobody, uh, n- no money was lost, no fraud occurred in this place, in, in this in this courtroom, in this in this trial, and it, it's a kangaroo court, man.
7: The is, Delta House got a more fair it, trial it, and animal house is, than
6: this. This is They are trying to bankrupt Trump in the middle of a campaign for him running for president. I mean, and there's another wrinkle to this uh, judgment, too. It wasn't just $350 million. Add, uh, tack on another $100 million for interest. And, oh, what about an appeal?
7: Can't we appeal, Hammer? Well, yes, but it's going to cost you. There's a little pay to play here. So Jonathan Turley, he's a legal expert. You've seen him on Fox. You see him testify in some high profile uh, trials of constitutional law. He claims under New York's state law, Donald Trump cannot appeal this ruling without depositing the full amount owed, including interest into a court account. So even for Donald Trump, who's a wealthy cat, 455 million bucks, it's kind of hard to come by. So he has
6: to pay the judgment off before he can appeal, is what you're saying.
7: Now, by putting this ridiculous number out there, this astronomical figure, the judge has made it difficult or impossible for the defendant to appeal absent declaring bankruptcy, selling off assets, and basically public humiliation which is what they're going for here. They want to bankrupt him. They want him to either be in jail or broke. And at the very least, public humiliation. Now, listen, Donald Trump is not a perfect candidate. Sometimes he gets in his own way. He doesn't know when to keep his mouth shut. But this is a situation. This is a kangaroo court here.
6: And nobody nobody got defrauded. The lenders got repaid on time. Um, they even made, you know, they made money off Donald Trump and those loans that they gave him. I mean, the accusation is that Trump overvalued his assets to get more money in these loans. They were all paid back, banks made money. No one was defrauded here.
7: So unless some other higher court just takes this up on their own, and says, yeah, we're going to throw that out. This was a biased judge. Uh, He did not get a fair shot. It's going to cost Donald Trump an awful lot of money to fight this thing for a chance to maybe get your money back. So put this into gambling terms. You've taken out your life savings, and you've put it on the roulette wheel. It's either even or odd red or black, or you could pick a number, whatever you choose, there's a chance that you're not going to get that money back. But if you win, you might be able to get your money back. Now, tonight, Donald Trump is doing a town hall with Laura Ingram on her program on Fox. I'm sure he'll talk a little bit more about it then. Uh, We're doing some legal stuff here. Now, I want you to listen to this scam. Okay. Two brothers from California... Have pled guilty to defrauding the United States Postal Service out of $2.3 million. Listen to this ridiculous scam that went on for three years. Like, I can't believe nobody caught on for three years. According to the plea agreements, these two brothers from California, from October of 2016 to May of 2019, they purchased. United States Postal Service priority mail packages, and included a $100 insurance for lost or damaged parcel contents. So, they went, they had this package, they bought the $100 insurance. Okay. Well, these packages were empty, and they were having fictitious addresses fake names, and then when the items would either arrive without anything in them or not at all, they would go back to the post office and get the $100 for insurance.
6: God, they did this from 16 to 19 and made how much?
7: $2.3 million. <laughs> oh, they had fake invoices, fake photographs of goods, um And the United States Postal Service sent checks to the men in order to cover all these losses valued at $100 plus shipping costs. This went on constantly for three years, and $2.3 million was the total these guys had in their bank account. Do
6: you have to be smart to do something like this? You have to have some brains, right? You have to have somewhat of the knowledge of you mentioned filling out invoices and and bank accounts and i don't know it just seems like these guys probably could have done something better with their lives but they knew they could get away with it and they did they got greedy they kept going. They kept going.
7: Instead of pulling an Andy Dufresne and taking your money <laughs> and, you know, going somewhere else or maybe having an overseas bank account or just going off the grid with, oh, I don't know, your first million dollars, they kept going. Yeah, I'm just saying, these guys are probably smart guy. I mean, you're talking about false
6: invoices, f- aliases, fake business names, photo actually photographs of the non-existent goods that were supposedly in these packages? Right. And they decided to take the easy way out.
7: Two point three million yeah. bucks, a hundred bucks at a time, basically. You know, a hundred bucks plus the shipping. So let's just say it's a hundred, fifteen, hundred and sixteen bucks. How many times did they have to pull this off to get to that level of wealth? That's unbelievable. I mean, running the scam became a full time operation for these guys, and I can't believe it took three years. For the post office to say, man, we're sending out an awful lot of checks.
6: I mean, there's a reason why they were doing it is because other people have gotten away with it and probably still continue to get away with this kind of uh, fraud to this day.
1: Hammer and Nigel are live every weekday afternoon, 3 to 7 on 93 WIBC.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: The Tony Kennett Cast on the 93 WIBC Mashup. I am Ethan Hatcher filling in.
8: We've been having fun. And this segment I wanted to talk about of course the unfolding migrant crisis. More updates as now residents of Michigan and Massachusetts are being invited to accept migrants into their home. You got a spare bedroom, put up a, an illegal migrant. Why, you know, if you got two, why not take in 10? You know, how it's really however much you got. Now, I was looking through the Constitution because I swear there was something about quartering in the Constitution. That's right, there is. Uh, uh, Amendment three, no soldier shall in time of peace be quartered in any house without, oh, wait, there it is. Ah, crap. Without the consent of the owner, nor in time of war, but in a manner to be pre- uh, prescribed by Law. So, as of right now, I guess it's... Constitutional because this is being undertaken on a voluntary basis. Although, why you would want to invite strangers into your home is beyond me. But clearly, the homeless shelters and the established uh, uh, means of uh, providing for people are over capacity. And so now they're having to rely on the citizens to shoulder the burden of this disastrous immigration policy, porous border in which hundreds of thousands and now millions of migrants have have crossed the border under the Biden administration. Some, like this Massachusetts couple, seem more than happy to take him in.
7: Ellen and Jessica Stokes called the state to sign up to be a host family. It took less than an hour for the displaced migrants to be dropped wow. off at their door.
5: I gotta get sheets on the bed. How many people are coming? Where are they, where are they from? What ages? We, knew, we really knew nothing.
7: The need is so clearly uh, overwhelming. The family of four who didn't want to go on camera had been sleeping at Logan Airport. The parents and two kids journeyed from Chile to Texas than Massachusetts and there are so many stories like it it's
1: boggles the mind that there are so many
7: hundreds of
1: those stories because it's all part of the plan
8: the Government sure does move quick. Wow, did you catch that, producer Allison? They called. They said that they would be willing to accept migrants in their home, and within an hour, they had some illegal migrants to their front door. Like, wow, that is that is incredibly quick. It takes weeks here around the city if you report a pothole to them ever to get around to it, and sometimes they they uh, claim they've patched it when they never visited at all. Um, you know, hey, speaking of the city, I appealed my property taxes last year april of last year and would you believe that i still haven't gotten a response back but i'll bet you if i volunteered to take some illegal migrants in my home i'd get a call back right away they'd be they'd uh, ship them on the bus get them there no matter what it took like that is incredible where the government is focusing its resources and members of the community some communities are noticing this happened in harlem when they tried to sneak in illegal migrants and move them into a um uh, a vacant residential complex, and they were starting to uh, shuffle in lots of uh, bunk beds. And members of Harlem, they're looking around. They're like, "What's what? Hey, hey, wait a minute! What's going on here? You can't put them in there!" And they rebelled. And Eric Adams, he called it off. He's like, "What? No, we were never going to put illegal migrants in that building. No, that's just that's just for members of the community. Yes, 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 yes."
3: Harlem residents went looking for answers Thursday night about a once luxury building on Adam Clayton Powell Jr. Boulevard. The development has sat empty for the past
0: decade until this week when neighbors noticed boxes of bunk beds being loaded in. We were trying to find out what was going on and we weren't getting any answers to our questions. They learned City Hall was planning to turn the building into temporary housing for asylum seekers. No, I don't agree with it. it turned into a sanctuary for asylum seekers No, we have people right here that need this space. Right. While neighbors were gathering to share their concerns,
3: Mayor Eric Adams dropped in to answer questions.
5: You are the mayor. We do not
7: want to hear excuses.
3: But the mayor announced a change of course. I told the team, find out what's going on here. We're not moving folks into a brand new building when
2: you have long-term needs into a community. That's not going to happen.
3: The luxury building will instead be a shelter for long-term New York City families. You will not have migrants and asylum seekers in that property. Residents told me they're relieved for the change, but frustrated by the city's lack of transparency around opening a shelter in the first
2: place <laughs> oh wait you serious let me laugh even harder
8: <laughs> now on the one hand i'm glad that they were able to affect a change within their community and stem the tide of illegal migrants coming into the the area where they live however that's not great for the rest of us who have to put up with it too <laughs> I mean, and, and at this point, it is a systemic issue. New York has been overloaded; their uh, the 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 capacity at their their shelters has been maxed out in places like Chicago. And but on the other hand, you know, this is the natural conclusion, the progression of the policies that liberals have advocated for and implemented. So in a way, I, I think that the Harlem uh, residents there should be forced to put up with and deal with the consequences of the policies that they have implemented. Um, And of course, the Biden administration has said that they're going to get to the root of the problem and they're going to focus on the issues that cause migration. But it doesn't seem to be stemming the tide. And they said that they would focus on uh, uh, the northern countries in South America, uh, including Guatemala. But most of the migrants are coming not from Guatemala, but from Venezuela, from places in China, places in the Middle East. East from places that aren't included in Biden, the Biden administration's efforts.
7: Where are you guys from? Colombia. Colombia. Where are you from? Yeah, Colombia. Uh-huh. Colombia. Colombia.
2: Brazil. I'm from Brazil.
7: Brazil. Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan. Where are you guys from? Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan. China. China. China? Where are you guys from? Kyrgyzstan. Kazakhstan. Kyrgyzstan. Kyrgyzstan.
4: Kyrgyzstan. And guys, what's so interesting about all this is remember the Biden administration and specifically VP Kamala Harris have uh, really focused their efforts on the so called root causes in three countries the Northern Triangle countries Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador. None of these people behind Me are from any of those countries. As a matter of fact, the entire time we've been down here in San Diego County, I haven't met a single person from any of those Northern Triangle countries. A lot from Asia, a lot from the Middle East, a lot from South America.
0: (laughs) I'm in danger!
8: asking American citizens to deal with the consequences of Biden's porous borders is at best an ill suited band-aid to the problem. It's like little Dutch boy with his finger in the dam. Like You are not holding back the tsunami of problems that these policies are inviting to our country. And by putting strangers in people's homes, in just one man's opinion, I think that's a recipe for disaster. And we could be seeing tragedy in the future. Future tasking Americans. In this case, uh, uh, it's happening in Michigan as well. Uh, part of the Michigan Welcome Corps, uh, where residents are asked to meet the uh, migrants at the airport help, and help them find housing, enroll their children in school, help with finding employment for the adults, um, all as part of this Welcome Corps initiative. So they're taking on the social services that the government and your tax dollars were de- designed to provide for. So this is a mess and it's all falling apart because of liberal policy.
1: Get the Tony Kinnett cast live weeknights at 7 on 93 WIPC. Thanks for listening. Get caught back up again tomorrow with the 93 WIPC mashup.